Hello and welcome to episode 108 of No Low Time. My name is Hovet Bliss and with me is... I forgot what I was going to equip you about, man. Mr. Uh, J? It's Mr. J. Mr. J? The clown prince of being nice. There you go. <laughs> oh, I, I messed it up. But that well, was still pretty good, man. Well, What's why up? thank you, sir. Why thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know what? When your name is... Joel, you can be called Mr. J every now and then. And after J. watching Joker, I definitely would uh, would welcome being called Mr. J every now and then. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, man. How how was that thing? Yeah, guys. So um, I went out and saw it opening night, and uh, you know, a lot of security and people out there and whatnot. Um, but you know, really, it was a, it was it was a fine time watching the movie. Uh, you know, I thought the movie itself uh, w- was not a very comic book movie at all. Comic book movie at all. It felt very Oscar uh, style, very artistic, very different. Um, you know, I know that beforehand. From my understanding, is that this movie was not a uh, was not made to be a Joker movie at first. It was, from my understanding, is that it was originally going to be just a film with a, a mentally challenged character. Um, and then when Warner Brothers heard about it, said like come back just to make us a Joker movie and then we'll approve it for budgeting and whatnot. And that's what they did. Uh, you know, I've heard different things about the, the whole creation process of this film, right? So I could see where there's multiple influences, not just the typical way that we see Joker, but it's still a Joker movie nonetheless. Um, but with that, with that being the point, um, you know, the, this movie ha- is just the right amount of time, um, has very good pacing, uh, it, it it really uh, uh, climbs the ladder. It starts off really um, chill. Uh, there's really not much dialogue at all for the first hour of the movie. Obed, uh, you know, most movies use exposition to explain a character or to explain the settings, but in this movie, it's really just following this person's life, following the day in life, following what the, what's what they're how they see things, how they perceive things, what they're going through, whatever with minimal dialogue just the way it is in real life, right? Like we don't just explain everything. It's very, very focusing on a real life scenario of this person. Um, and then, you know, when, when things start to switch, when the, when the switch happens and he starts to go on to being the Joker that we know and, and, and the point of no return, right? The, the irredeemable character, um, you begin to then get some more of these, these explanations of, of why he feels the way he feels why um he's driven what the motivations are um you know for me you you know i I looked at this as a message of of, you know treat people the way you would like to be treated i actually thought that message was was a very uh, good message in the movie some people might watch this movie and and take it a very different way and feel like they're you know baby being empowered to be you know about you know being treated wrong but really more so yeah it could come across as preachy and yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think I don't. I actually, I actually appreciate it. I think if you take it the right way, you know, you understand that. I mean, to, to summarize it, and not this is not a spoiler by any point, but basically, towards the end of the movie, you know, the Joker says along the lines of like, "This is what happens when society crosses a mentally ill person uh, and that treats them like dirt. Like this is what happens in, in, in this in this type of society." And so it's like. Hey, you know what? Let's let's treat people nice. We don't we don't we don't you know we shouldn't be treating people uh, this way. And I think I think they really hammer that message home throughout very well. Uh, it, it's it's I liked the the connection to Bruce Wayne. 
Um, it's nothing new, something that we've never heard of before. Comic book fans that have always had these certain things being alluded to, their the relationship there will understand it and 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 get it pretty quick. Um, so they didn't do anything crazy new there. You know, him being the the failed comedian, I loved that. That that definitely was more of the killing joke. As I mentioned to you, oh, but I wanted to see that killing joke connection. Mm-hmm. I got enough of that flavor there. Um, you know, I I I also appreciated. Um, you know, the way that they showcase uh, Gotham as a city, you know, it felt very real. It felt very um, serious. You know, if you, if you have to the character of this magnitude, you got to put them in the right scene. And they did just that um, all around. Very, very impressed with, with the, the uh, ideation behind this kind of story and the way you're going to do it. Because look, no one asked for the Joker movie. Uh, I think a lot of people are are fans of the Joker character. A lot of people are fans of Batman in general, right? But uh, this was a, a movie that stands on its own, stands very strong. The first questions that I got asked by people that saw the movie with me was, oh my gosh, is this guy going to be the Joker? And I can't wait for a Joker 2. I can't wait for this guy being in this, that, and the other. And I'm, nope. not, I'm not saying that that can't happen. I don't want to put that out there and say that's not, not, not going to happen. But if you ask Joel and, and, and you know how I look at the industry and how I see things going, you and Obed, we've got a pretty good track record here on the show of how we see stuff. Unless this movie makes like half a billion dollars, I don't think we should entertain the conversation of it being you what? know, a, a sequel. I, mean, I think they wanted to make it the movie that they wanted to make it. It's not that it can't happen, but yeah. money would have to really drive that that discussion for that to be the case. Yeah, I think this movie will at least domestically do better than Suicide Squad. Ooh, that's tough. Suicide Squad was a big hitter. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, there's, there's you know, office, there's word of mouth, and you know, people are excited, and it, I know that it's it's a little more restrictive when it's you know radar you know, or radar. Exactly. It's it's a little bit more restrictive when it comes to that, but you know. Uh, studios are are prepared to take that hit uh, when they take the risk uh, in this sort of movie. So, I I mean it's possible. It, yeah, it's I mean when but when, at the end of the day, if you think about it, they the budget for Suicide Squad is probably ten times as more than than what this movie was. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. They didn't have to spend much on this movie at all. They didn't have to spend much time filming it, which we knew that beforehand. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm. Uh, and also, we've got a slow. Um, this month's pretty slow for films in general. This is yeah. probably the biggest film of this month, so that's definitely going to help the cause. And and mixed reactions. Most people say it seem to be positive, but mixed. It's a controversial movie. I mean, you're making a movie that's a very dark film and and has very dark themes. I understand that. I mean, I, I get that. But uh, but yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm quite uh, intrigued. By, by what I saw, um, you know, I, 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 oh, but I, I'm interested to see when you finally see the movie. I know you were a big uh, fan of, of the trailers. So yeah, when you yeah. do get to see it, I'm interested to see your take on it. Um, it's, 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 it's a very different movie. It's, I've never seen a comic book movie like this. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see it. Um, for sure. I will give you my, my opinion on that and my reaction. Cause I, I really, I wanted to go this weekend. I could make it. Um, I wanted to go yesterday. I couldn't make it, but uh, uh, but we'll we'll figure we'll I'll figure something out. So yeah, for sure. Um, last thing from my what's up here, Obed, is uh, last week we had Force Friday. 
Uh, that's a thing, Triple Force Friday, as they called it. And for that, uh, you know, basically they were calling it Triple Force Friday because typically when Force Friday comes out, it's just for one movie that's going to be coming out, a, a specific merchandise coming out for that movie um, from, from Lucasfilm, Star Wars, uh, Disney. And um, for this one, they actually combined, uh, you had uh, the Disney Plus Mandalorian series, you had the Jedi Fallen Order merchandise for the video game, and of course the Rise of Skywalker merchandise. So they called it Triple Force Friday, uh, this last Friday. Uh, and uh, so at the moment that this deals came out, you always get the Black Series figures that are really highly collectibles. Um, and uh, the one Black Series figure that I was really trying to go after was the Mandalorian figure. These are, I mean, we're not talking about expensive stuff at all. They're, they're only $20 for these figures. However, um, for you to get a first edition of the figure is, is extremely difficult. There's, they don't tell you where. They just say major retailer, retailers have it. Go out and find it. Go crazy and try and buy, find this thing. And it's not sold online unless, of course, it's a resale, which is where it's exponentially, exponentially what uh, you, know, you would find in a regular retail store. Uh, Obed, I was fortunate enough. I went to... Uh, four different stores. Uh, I was finally able to find uh, what I was looking for, which is this guy right here. For those of you that are watching a video, you'll see me holding it up. But uh, yeah, this is the Mandalorian figure here. The first edition uh, from the Black Series. Anything that's in the white boxes are always the first editions. It has the actual sticker on it. Uh, it's a beautiful figure. It's got a lot of great detail on it. Um, uh, up from the armor, from the weaponry. Uh, really happy to to, ha to have been able to get it because there was a very strong chance that I was not going to get it. But the <laughs> the employees had to actually go all the way to the back because they had sold out of it from Force Friday itself. Uh, but they had a couple in their box, so it wasn't completely sold out. Just didn't uh, bring out the last few that they did have. I was able to get one of the last few. But uh, yeah, Force Friday was a fun time, man. Glad I was cool. able to get my hands on it. Looking forward to the Mandalorian November twelfth when Disney Plus launches. Yeah, excited about that for sure. Uh, is look looks like first editions on eBay right now are going for around sixty dollars. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's, you know, if you if you some people still have them. If you missed it, uh, there's a, a couple of box ones, non uh, black box, uh, that are going for forty five. So, uh, and there's a Target exclusive box, which is a black Carbonite. box, which yeah, the carbon uh, that one's going for forty five as well. So. Uh, interesting. I did not see any. Um, I actually went to Target yesterday, and I was purposefully looking for one, and I couldn't. And I didn't. I, I didn't see any at all of any figures. Yeah, yeah when yeah. I, I went to Tar Target, was the first place that I went to on Force Friday as well. There yeah. was only two figures on the on the rack. It was Kylo Ren and uh, another one of the stormtroopers or whatever. First yeah. stormtroopers, and it, that was literally just two people. That's it. They didn't have any at all. It was crazy. Yeah, it was super. It was super weird. Um, they had a bunch of. Uh, Chewbacca from uh from from Solo okay. on on clearance for like nine dollars. Yeah, I used to buy a lot of Star Wars figures. I have actually have uh, a couple of Episode One uh, sealed. Uh, Jar Jar Binks. No, I do not have a Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> or I I have a Qui Gon and an Obi Wan. Oh, um, nice. And I have a few Episode Three. I have a Yoda, a Darth Vader. And a shoey, and I have. Uh, I think it was called Power of the Force line. It was like an early two thousands um, 
line and that one. Well, around around when episode three came out, and I have a best pen, Luke. Nice uh, on that on that line. So I have a few that are are they're in the garage in the box. It's <laughs> they're there. They'll be okay. Um, but you know, my daughter saw them one day, wanted to open them, was like, no, 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 no. you don't open those. Yeah, <laughs> those that was while, box. Yeah, though that was like a while ago. Um, I used to have them on display. I just don't have space. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I I used to do that quite a bit with with Star Wars figures. Uh, yeah. Not much on my side, man. Uh, my birthday was this week, so. My wife got me um, Astral Chain for the Switch. So played that a little bit. I really like it. Like it's it. it so it actually feels like I'm playing a, playing a PS4 game versus a Switch game because it, it's it's you can tell that Platinum had the time and the money to actually make this game. So I only played about two hours of it. So I'm just going around the police station, just talking to people and getting ready for like my next missing mission. So I did like the intro areas and, and just roaming around the police station. It's, it's, you can tell that it's, it's a problem, not necessarily a problem, but in certain Japanese games, um, the, uh, the, the lip syncing and the audio is off sometimes that the, I mean, lip syncing costs a lot of money. And I get that, um, you know, there's like, I think back in the day, um, it was a really big deal when like the first like lip sync thing happened. I think it was, I want to say it was Kingdom Hearts um, because it, it was, they, they actually Square Enix had it out of sync and Disney is like, I don't like this. It was like in Square, in Square so I was like, well, how it takes a lot of money fix it here you go so and they you know this thing takes take time and take money um so so far that is the only problem <laughs> that i've found with the game because it's really uh it, it's really obvious but um i didn't see any options for switching languages i know i i'm almost certain you can switch it to japanese and and avoid that problem uh, but the voice acting is fine it's like you know like a, it's typical anime dub sort of thing uh you know modern anime dub not you know old school stuff which is awful but yeah but yeah i mean cool action looks really you know visually it's it looks really good it, it, it's on the switch like i said so it's it runs at 30 but it looks pretty good i don't think this game even runs at full 1080p but but it but it but it works like it looks good the art style's great and they managed to actually have the rate the the game run pretty solid at thirty, and it looks good. So yeah, I'm looking forward to spending more more time on that. Um, that's pretty much what I have on the on the gaming end. Um, I'm trying to think if I actually saw anything else over the week, and I didn't actually. Uh, oh yeah, it is Spider Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just a little movie. For it. <laughs> Just a little movie called Spider Man: Far From Home. Can we go into spoilers? I'm comfortable with it. We'll give you guys have been warned. Spoilers ahead. Okay. Uh, spoilers for you know what? I got a stopwatch going here for so for five minutes. So if you guys want to skip five minutes, um, I liked it better than uh, Homecoming, which I know that it was a a point of contention 
uh, last time when I was talking about Homecoming. Uh, I actually like I liked it a bit better than Homecoming. Um, I think it was because the character was a little bit more explored by now. You know, we had Homecoming, we had Infinity War. So they, there was there was more to Spider-Man now versus the other, versus in, in Homecoming. Uh, not that Homecoming was bad because he, it wasn't bad at all. I think it was it was pretty good uh, overall. But uh, I think this one, the the way that they utilize uh, his abilities, and then uh, at the end, actually coming in full spider sense, uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, I really liked the night monkey stuff. That was pretty good, and you know, and how he. Again, going back to our discussion on, you know, when, when Spider-Man was leaving the MCU, it's like, Tony Stark, dude, he was like, he's taking over Tony Stark. So, I mean, basically, there there's this sequence in the movie that's like, I, yeah, this is what they're trying to do. And, and I, you know, I bet that when you saw it in the movie theater, it's very satisfying. Now watching it with what, after what happened, It's like, bro, bro, how could you? So, uh, so that was very interesting, and it, it was good. Like overall, it was really good. Uh, I like the MJ thing. Like I was like, oh yeah, you know, very socially awkward. So I try to like push away people. That's the way, you know. That's the you know how how you know the way I am and whatnot and and this thing. That was that was you know fine. Um, the uh, the whole thing with Ned and and the girlfriend was really funny. Too, I mean, there's like a little subplot there. It's really, it's silly, but it's it's funny. It's actually, you know, well done. Um, the uh, the you know the Nick Fury stuff and and whatnot. It's good. So and Mysterio, of course. Uh, I think that I called it from a mile away, dude. I told you, it's like, oh, yeah, this thing's this is not. He's not from another dimension. He's he's scamming people. So that's exactly what I thought. That now the twist was pretty cool. That. He was the one that created the holographic tech for Stark, the one that we see at the beginning of, of Civil War. Yeah, Barf, exactly. And and you know, basically he's a disgruntled employee at you know at the end of the day. And then we see the scientist, the the I am not Tony Stark from the first Iron Man. The first Iron Man. So that was pretty good. I like. was like, you stop, not Tony Stark, dude. Yep. From, yeah. So that was cool. Um, so that I I, I like the whole Mysterio thing. Of course, uh, of course, you know I think think Hill is is great. So, uh, so he did pretty good on 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 all that. Um, we only have a minute left, so let's go into uh, the 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 end credit stuff, Jill. Uh, the J.K. Simmons stuff, uh, I got it ruined by Disney or not, not Martin, you know, Sony marketing or whatever, because they put it out there, which is stupid. Why would you do that? So, but, you know, I like the twist on, on, on uh, J.J. So I, I like that, you know, he's not a, a news guy looking to, like, uh, put Spider-Man out there and, and make him you know, feel like it's a menace. No, this is like a fringe, like Alex Jones type of dude and running this fringe website um, and, and conspiracy theories and all this stuff. So I like that twist, you know, it's a more modern twist to, uh, uh, to JJ. And, and then the, uh, the last credit scene uh, 
it, which basically uh, you get the reveal that Nick Fury and uh, and Maria Hill were actually Talos and his wife. So, uh, yeah, the squirrels from Cotton Marvel. So that's that's that, and that was very interesting. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then they started talking to someone on the on the transmitter, and, and I for sure thought it was Tony Stark. I was like, he's alive, he's in space. And no, it was actually Nick Fury that was out, out in space on vacation, basically. So um, so that was that was pretty neat. I think it was a good twist, you know, with the with the scroll thing. So um yeah, I mean that, that shows that the scrolls can actually, you know, fool people. So, you know, pretty pretty well. So we'll see we'll see where that where this scroll thing goes. Absolutely. I, I I mean, those post credits to me was the last thing that would remind it stayed in my mind when I was thinking of the whole business politics between Disney and Sony, what was going on there. Because like, yes, of course, the whole thing relation between Tony Stark and, and Spider-Man, that's massive just for the development of Spider-Man. Not necessarily for, massive for the development of the MCU, but really more so for Spider-Man as a character going into the third movie. So I'm glad for that sake it's resolved. But that whole end credits, that to me was more connective tissue to the MCU because it's very clearly, yeah. as I said, we're talking about things like Secret Wars and we're talking about some other uh, uh, things that kind of leave question marks of, wait, what does this mean for the larger scale plan? So, yeah, glad to see that things are well. For the kids that don't know and that don't know the business side of this stuff that are, you know six and seven and just enjoy watching spider-man and don't know about the business they're fine they're gonna watch spider-man 3 and not know what even happened and just know that these are connected which is good for us <laughs> adults that solve the whole business side you know of course it stays in the back of our mind as we see the future projects but i'm happy at the end of the day things are well oh yeah yeah absolutely the joe let, let we can use this moment since we are we were talking about spider-man and we can segue into uh rumor you can take this with a uh, giant salt rock from the Dead Sea because it's more than likely not. I mean, I don't want to say more than likely, but it is It is, a, an, a, it is an absolute rumor, uh, unfounded, but websites are reporting on it. So, so we just want to talk about it. And it's basically that uh, Disney has made an offer to Sony to acquire the rights, the full rights to Spider-Man back, uh, reported negotiations or reported offer is, you know, anywhere from four to $5 billion, which is ridiculous considering that they paid 4 billion for the entirety of Lucasfilm. <laughs> so that shows how, how much uh, they're invested into, into keeping Spider-Man in the MCU and making him the anchor of the MCU moving forward. Um, I don't, I haven't read into the article yet because it, I, I just saw it and, and I told you before we started recording, Joel, do you think this would be for Spider-Man or the Spider-Man rights as a whole that Disney, that I mean, Sony, uh, currently has, which is not only Spider-Man, it's also Venom and, you know, Villains, Doc Ock and all these guys. So what do you think, man? I, if this is true, if this yeah, is if, reality, big if, yeah, massive if. There's no credibility at all to this report, but I hope it to be true. I'll, I'll put it that way. I hope this is right. 
Uh, if it's true, then I really do believe that it has to be for the entirety of the Spider-Man universe, all characters, all properties. It seems like in the initial discussions between Disney and Sony before the whole uh, deal was cut off at first uh, after Spider-Man Far From Home was that Disney was not only trying to get a, a larger piece of the pie from Spider-Man, but they also wanted to have creative control over the other uh, Spider-Man properties, Venom, Morbius, and other things that they were working on. So that way they could do it, of course, uh, you know, in the way that, that Marvel Studios does things, right? Um, and I understand that, right? Like, you don't want to have death by association. They're like They want to protect their brand, and it's it's best for, for Marvel to have them connected. So it's a smart thing to try and negotiate that early on. Obviously, what we've, what we've found out now between the, the deal that they have is that it's sticking just to Spider-Man 3 and other MCU movies, so they really stuck it to just Spider-Man as a whole. But if Disney is coming back after already making that deal about just the third movie and another MCU movie, if this rumor is true, then you'd have to believe that they're saying, we've already got you locked in for this stuff. Now we want to lock in the future of everything Spider-Man as a whole, and they've got time to do it. Um, I mean, Morbius is done shooting, I think. Like, that's been the weirdest. I remember only seeing one set photo, and that was it. Like one, So I think it's done. We don't even know. Venom 2 is supposed to start production or something. If they have time to, if they want to really, like, change stuff, this would be the moment to do it. So... I hope that's true for that stake from the fun. I mean, also looking at from a financial standpoint, like you mentioned, Obed, you know, the, the rumor of four to $5 billion, I think is what they're saying for, for Disney making an offer just to have, to have this, this, this going. It has to be for the whole universe because yes, economically things were different, but in 2009, when Disney acquired Marvel entertainment, it was for the tune of 4.25 billion or something like that. Right. It was an, it was like, highway robbery i remember at the time i was like it's worth more than that and i was going crazy right but i mean at the time at the time it wasn't yeah at the time it wasn't yeah at the time we, it we wasn't fans knew but you know yeah it, yeah it wasn't a proven I, properties yet absolutely i mean they they purchased marvel uh right before the first avengers movie came out iron man 2 was just finishing being uh that was the last one that was put out with in association with Paramount at the time. Yeah. Well, actually, the first Avengers has a Paramount was distributed by Paramount because right. I already licensed it. So, right. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like it happened like right after uh, Iron Man 2, um, just before, you know, uh, uh, Avengers came out. So, um, you know, it was Disney who brought in uh, Joe Johnston for Captain America, you know, based on their past experience with the Rocketeer. So, yeah 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 and so now that seeing how things are economically different yeah i could see why spider-man alone would be worth a couple billion for sure yep. um as, as things stand and also looking at just his what he's brought in for sony pictures financially they're gonna have to make sure they secure five maybe even more dude i, I wouldn't even if this if this does happen to be true don't be surprised if you see six seven billion dollars at the end of this deal um Feige is making power moves at Disney, dude. That's all I'm saying. If this happens, he's collecting like he's, stones. He's collecting <laughs> stones. I mean, he's 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 promising some big stuff if he gets this this uh you know this kind of a deal. He's saying, look, I think I can make maybe twenty billion off of this. I'm not even trying to be exaggeratory off of this property. I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. Eight, again, uh, there's a big if on on this, you know, uh, reporting, but it's very interesting to say the least. And yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much what we got when when it comes to those sort of news. Because Joe, 
pretty much the rest of the episode is going to be a PlayStation podcast. The PlayStation podcast. And uh, <laughs> and the reason being is that uh, Mr. Jim Ryan, who we mentioned last week uh, when the the whole Sean Layden and shakeups and things that were ha- that were going on over at PlayStation well, were happening. Uh, you know, we mentioned Jim Ryan and uh, how uh, strong of a presence he is in the company. So he posted on uh, basically a, a breakdown in the PlayStation blog about what is now officially called the PlayStation 5. There, I really like what they're doing here, Joel, and not calling him, not not calling this Project Trinity or Project, you know, uh, whatever. It's like, yeah, it's the PS5, you know, and they're not calling it any, you know, code names. I like that. Number one, because it just, it doesn't, we know what's up, right? We know, you know, Scorpio and Durango and all this code names, Neo back when uh, the PS4 Pro was rumored and Morpheus when the PSVR was being in development. So, that's fine for you know for us we can deal with that but to to the average consumer project names don't mean anything um you know the final product is what counts so just having them come out here and say yeah it's ps5 um that's that that to me is a a big stump on you know project scarlet which is still a project and not a product and that's a uh, you know smoking gun. No, I mean, <laughs> so it's, it's sure, not, true. I mean, it's not it's not a smoking gun, right? Because I think that they're playing the marketing game and they're actually playing it well. Um, where it and not, not necessarily the marketing game, but the mindset game. Because um, people say people now are talking about, oh, the PS5 comes out next next you know next year. Um, which again, we were, you know, pretty much hundred percent, uh, hit that right, right in the head. So, you know, there's a big difference between, you know, kids in at school talking about the PS five versus talking about project Scarlet. What is this project? This is like in the future thing doesn't exist because it's a project, right? Which is why I would say more so credit to the Sony marketing at that point. I'm trying to say, oh, you thought you had the one up on us by making the first announcement. Yep. Here's my chess move over here. No, not going to say a project. We're going to say we've got this thing as a product. Exactly. Exactly. So um, I think that is, I, I really appreciate uh, Sony doing this and 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 two things like I, I don't know again we don't know what happened with Sean Layden right but you see what's going on you see that after Sean Layden left the messaging changed oh you know from day one because the next day we got the price cut and then crossplay and then now we got this so that there, there had to be a clash on messaging internally, and that may have been what caused the problem, you know, and may may have caused Sean Layden to leave Sony. So, you know, again, unfortunate, but at the same time, you know, 
they're they're up against Microsoft. They're up against Stadia. Uh, Nintendo's doing their own thing, whatever. But you know, uh, they there's competition now, uh, and they need to they need to be able to step forward. So um, we got a lot of details on this uh, on this article, but I just want to touch on on uh, on just a few marketing things. Joel, if you want to go ahead and 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 say, you know. Uh, what do you think of of just the announcement as a whole, and then we can do a breakdown? Of course, sure. Uh, just from the announcement, what you know, you were the one that broke it to me. Like Joel, it's happening right away, right now. Started, uh, you know, reading about what was going on between first the article on the wire, then the blog confirmation. I think that was a great PR stunt. Uh, this, my response to you, Obed, was that this is not something that they do. This is not something that that is typically done. In this industry, in this space, uh, it's very there's a lot of formality. It's usually it's ru- yeah. using the media for rumors and then using a public platform to say like, and now presenting blah 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 blah. Cool, right? That's the way it's typically done. So to do it this way of just say we're gonna put a blog post out, say we got this thing coming holiday 2020, uh, and here's a couple of things, and we'll get into it next. Uh, that that's that's supposed to be coming along with it. Let the Wired get that um, that scoop, and let the Wired um, get some some quotes from them. Like you talked about it, Obed, when this guy Jim comes comes into the fold as full on. Um, you know, leadership position here. He's the hype man. He's the show man. He's trying to get the people excited by doing things differently, by doing things this way. Um, it to me gives the right, instills the right type of hype for the next gen, and it's the right timing for it. Um, I, I'm very, very, very pleased with the way this announcement was done because of it being so different. Yeah. So this reminds me, Joe, of when the Dreamcast just was about to come out in the U.S. And um, it was already out in Japan, and I remember that it was just a couple months. It was a few weeks before the Dreamcast came out. It was, you know, the Dreamcast came out $9.99. You know, $9.99. This was probably like August. And and I remember uh, just reading this article about someone that was hands-on with a PS2 because they did the same thing. It's like they brought someone in to hats on a hands-on uh, with a PS2. And, and it was just like this. It was like, Oh yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Dreamcast comes out in like a month, but when the PS2 comes out, it's like, it's over, bro. So it's kind of like this, right? I mean, <laughs> Microsoft made the the yeah they did they did made the first full announcement right Sony's been teasing this for a few months now but Microsoft made the first it's like oh yeah Project Scarlet the next generation and you know they did the whole E3 you know uh, PR thing um but but Sony went ahead and is like oh yeah this is not a project this is an actual thing that we have that is coming out and it's coming out you know holidays 2020 um, which is again as expected that this thing was going to come out you know i said after summer next year that i mean it's it's more than likely it was going to be like november so this thing is probably going to come out like a week or two before black friday next year um that being the biggest thing you know uh that that got out there of course you know you got a name you got a a, a date of sorts uh but we'll go ahead and do a breakdown 
let's go ahead and take a quick break joke and we'll be right back back again with more ps5 details joe all right so let's do a breakdown what we knew already is that this is going to be the you know the innards of the ps5 we're going to be based off a uh, an amd ryzen cpu and a navi based uh, gpu um and that this will not have a mechanical hard drive. Uh, it will have a proprietary solid state drive, uh, which is, you know, now they're not calling it no load time. They're calling it zero load time, Joe, which would, would have been also a good name for this podcast. I got to admit, I should have, I should I should buy that URL just before Sony jumps, uh, jumps on it. So, um, so that's good. That's good. Um, and, well, they, of course, they are talking about ray tracing being uh, a big, uh, a big thing for this one. Joel, do you have a, do you have to you know say anything about ray tracing or or the innards so far? Yeah, no, I was just talking to you about like how, yeah, this is some stuff that's a little high, more highly technical. But the idea of having when you're pitching something as zero load times or no load times, right? Like understanding the importance of both the solid state and the ray tracing. It, how it impacts your experience is how, you know, when you're literally having lights being turned <laughs> into pixels on the fly and it's actually rendering these things live in the moment, you're not uh, taking up too much of, of your space and it's actually being more conservative of it. Uh, having your solid state be a, a lot more of a reliable way of, of said the spinning disc, right? There's so many positives to the, the, the speed of when you're playing. And that's something that always makes the experience better. You could think, I oh, just, it's just faster. Uh, it's a new thing. No, like this changes your experience because oh, how many times when you're playing, you want You want to, man, I got to fast travel to this thing and I got to wait for it to processing. And it gives you the, the, the UI pops up with a little, you know, if you don't hide under the bushes, go over, you know, one of those little hints or something, right? Like, no, like this is going to be one of those things. Like you do it, you happens and it keeps going. I love that, right? Uh, I know that was some of the stuff that was talked about when they, they demoed it supposedly behind closed doors with, play, with Spider-Man, right? That they demoed some yeah. of this functionality. So, yeah, the, the 4K stuff, really good. Um, 8K, we know, is technically possible based off of what we've heard is actually in there. Of course, it, it's been... It's going to be pitched. some sort of upscaling or something. It yeah. can be native. Like it's probably non-native, but yeah, and that's because that technology is so advanced at the moment. That's it's it's, it's yeah. they're, they're thinking ahead, but it's not necessarily something that you have to worry about. Yeah, and AK, AK TVs are still prohibitively expensive. They're not, you know, regular consumers don't have for AK TVs. What are you talking I'm, about? I bet I got one in my backyard. <laughs> your back? Oh, you got the wall outside. You got the Samsung <laughs> wall or whatever it's called. Um, so. Yeah, I think ray tracing is good. And of course, this is, you know, uh, ray tracing uh, hardware support that uh, that the PS5 will, will implement. Um, there, it's supposed to be some graphics acceleration and that, that, were, that would support uh, uh, the, the technology. And, and of course, the hard drive being a, a big thing. Uh, I think that a, a lot of people are underestimating uh, 
uh, with these consoles, because I know the Xbox will have this as well, uh, what this, uh, uh, you know, proprietary SSDs will do for the games. And uh, the, the biggest thing that I, that I can think of, Joel, is, again, yeah, moving in an open world and, and, and just having the game hitch or stop for a moment and load. And, you know, I've seen it and, you know, it, Final Fantasy 15 is a big culprit with that because once you once you upgrade your the regalia to a certain level, it goes really fast, and you and you hit walls where the game just starts loading, and then it keeps going. And you know that sort of thing is gonna be is gonna be avoided by by this tech, and and it comes down to uh, optimization. So this is gonna be the big thing that games are gonna be highly optimized to work on this hardware. Uh, and and use the the hardware capacities and uh, acceleration uh, to load faster, uh, be smoother, and you know just give you an overall better experience. Um, you know, again, load times is a thing that we've dealt with since the friggin' Sega CD and you know the 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 Turbo Graphics CD. So we've dealt with load times for a long time. And and we just got accustomed to it. So now it's you know it's 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 part of the course. But uh, you know just eliminating that and making things work the same as they were back when you know the the SN you know the the NES and Genesis and and and, and the SNES you know the SNES was a little bit slower, but um, but you could still uh, get that that sort of uh, experience. You know, and that's what the a reason why you know we we when we were you know brainstorming and, and coming up with a a name for the podcast, I was like, oh, you know what, what what thing I miss from you know classic gaming, yep. it's it's no low time on games, and and that's how we came came about with the name. So just seeing both Sony and Microsoft make it make a stride and and have. Um, you know, uh, improvements in, in this is just exciting. So, uh, so I'm pretty happy about that. Um, Joe, the uh, next big big thing that um, that I that I want to you know touch upon is uh, we'll leave we'll leave the controller uh, towards the uh, for for the end. Um, but when we when we talk about hardware itself, of course, the it will be using. For a 4K Blu-ray player, that's confirmed. So, or a four, it will read 4K Blu-ray discs. The games themselves would be will be shipped on 100 gigabyte discs, and and you can you can use it as a 4K Blu-ray player. That's confirmed. So, a big thing that was missing from the PlayStation 4 Pro, uh, which makes me think that there may may have been some system the way the system was designed um it did not support at least the the uh the uh the discs although you know the xbox one s has that capability at least with movies games still ship on standard blu-rays you know 50 gig blu-rays so yeah there's gonna be an option now joe so you know, if you don't have a 4K Blu-ray player, which I highly recommend because, you know, movies look really good if you're into watching movies in very good quality. Highly recommend it. The color. Yeah, yeah. Just HDR and, and just the 
the movie, the presentation itself, everything looks so clean and, and crisp. So um, you have no excuse now. You, If you get this device, uh, this device uh, will have that compatibility. Um, something really funny that I heard, Joel, from a, a few posts online, a few comments on, on different forums and, and, uh, and websites, a lot of people saying, great, now I can finally unplug my Xbox One X. Because that's the only reason that I have it right now. It's plugged in. It's for my 4K movies. So, yeesh. You know, yeah. It's it's very telling uh, what, you know, the, the unfortunate situation that Xbox is in. And, again, once we get full details of Xbox, we'll probably do the same thing. We'll take an episode and talk about it. So, uh, it's not that we're, uh, you know, PlayStation fanboys, although we sort of are, but we'll, you know, we'll give Xbox their 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 time whenever they they release uh, uh, release any any other information. Uh, hyped about that, Joel? Blu-ray, 4K Blu-ray. I know that you have a player. I have a player too. So, yeah, but I'm hyped about it because it's it it to me. I would actually put it in the must category. You're talking when you say next gen console, and this is next gen technology and if your competitors doing it like you kind of have to have it so i'm not shocked by it i'm i'm not surprised most, most people aren't surprised by it. They're like yay cool but they're not no one's really moved by it i think you know like there was a reason why it wasn't in the pro right like there with, with next gen being in mind with ps4 pro uh it does make me think about what could could be for a ps5 pro at some point but that's down the line it seems like that may not be a, a right away thing or maybe it will be we there's not just not enough information to tell there's that's just been in the rumor section for now but looking at the native 4k blu-ray player um how that affects also when we're talking about the way games are played it also affects uh the way that the the, the beauty and, and the, the coloring and um the capabilities right the developers have now when they start taking this next step the next gen so i'm a fan of it i'm happy about it uh, i look forward to to seeing how it really uh how it affects really from a gameplay standpoint not just from a movie standpoint because it's a, it's a cool entertainment feature but playstation in general has never really been the people to sell us on entertainment uh, uh gen generally they're selling us on a game console and that's what we want to buy right we want to buy this thing to play games i mean they they did that with a ps3 and you know sort of did. didn't work you know i mean it, it worked because a lot of people bought it as a blu-ray player it was the cheapest blu-ray player at the time so <laughs> a lot of people actually just went in and got ps3 uh, i still absolutely love the ps3 Same. um you know the media features and yeah uh, how you can you know rip CDs and and play them from the console and all that. I really love that. So um, that was one of my favorite features on the PS3. I used it. I used it extensively, like a lot, a lot. A lot I used so. to copy videos, thumb drives, stick yeah. them in. I I mean, did it all. Yeah, yeah. So that was a big deal for for the PS3. Uh, I can see them just focusing more on 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 game. You know, that's what they did for. PS4 and it you know worked so uh, just keeping the same messaging for next gen would be I think in my opinion a wise thing so uh, so we'll see uh, two things that are confirmed Joel that uh, were not necessarily like part of the news article but you know sort of 
deducted. Um, well, the first one is that the uh, writer from article confirms that the diff kit that he played on looks like that V-shape diff kit thing that we saw a few weeks ago or a couple of months ago. That it's a dev supposed kit. to be just a dev kit. It's a dev kit. Yeah, I'm not worried. It's a dev kit. We have no idea. Even if it is that, right? Like the way something looks on the outside, it really doesn't no, affect how it plays. Looks, it's a point. But... It looks awful. I know. Yeah. My wife will hate for me to have that in, in our in our <laughs> living room. Nah. Oh it had to it had to be a black box. It has to be a black box <laughs> of sorts. There's no excuse. It has to be a black box. Oh, Ben's gonna spray paint it. <laughs> no, I mean it, it, it has to be squared. <laughs> That's what I mean. You know, can't I mean even if it's like a rhombus like the PS4 is fine, but nah, not this not that thing. No. <laughs> so I mean it's a it, it's it's clearly a, a dev kit. So uh but yeah, let's confirm that that's a dev kit. And it's something that was not on uh, part of the news article, Joel. Uh it is basically two other things regarding games. Uh Ghost of Tsushima is confirmed to be a PS4 yeah. game. Um because it said so uh in the uh Jim Ryan post on the on the uh, PlayStation blog that Ghost of Tsushima is you know basically a ps4 game so there's that the other big thing joel is that that uh that game that we mentioned before because uh we talked about it i think when we were doing our e3 last year uh, and it was that blue point games started working on a big playstation project uh, right after they finished with Shadow of the Colossus, uh, the remake. Sure. So now they're confirming confirming that that game is indeed uh, a PS5, more than likely launch title. So I'm still crossing my fingers. It's actually a full blown remake of Metal Gear Solid because that was a rumor. I mean. Mm-hmm. Here's how you get me to spend X amount of money. Holiday 2020. <laughs> Here it is. It's to release a Metal Gear Solid game <laughs> with a discount. That would be that would be the only way that you will get me to buy the console day one. If there's a Metal Gear game coming out, that you know. Unfortunately, Joe, I don't like to buy consoles day one. Um, but you know, uh, I'll get the Best Buy three-year warranty or whatever, <laughs> just in case it poops. Um, because, I, I mean, if that's the case, bro, I'm you know I'm sold. I'm there. So, ah, a boy can dream. We'll see. That's right. We'll see. Um. Yeah, just moving along. Um, do you want to jump into the the controller, or do you want to just talk about you know some of the other things? Let's talk about the controller, and then we can speculate. Let's, let's do sure. that. Yeah. Let's do that. So the big thing with the controller is that uh, it has instead of rumble or the traditional dual shock rumble, it's using haptic feedback which is a more uh, kind of like what the Wii, no, I'm sorry, not the Wii, the Switch uses. <laughs> yes. 
uh, on its controllers. So the Switch is a you know a little bit more subdued, um, a little you know you can actually feel stuff moving and happening inside the controller. So it, it it's probably going to be something like that uh, paired with the uh, haptic feedback feedback that the uh, Xbox One controller has in on on the triggers. In addition to that, um, Jim Ryan is calling uh, the uh, new tech for the triggers adaptive triggers. And it's basically that they can they can actually program the triggers to, you know, to have resistance and have, you know, other, you know, haptics like, you know, vibration and tactile sensations and, and this sort of thing. Um, that... Okay, so if they're moving away from the from the traditional dual shock thing, Joe, uh, what's this controller going to be named? Because I thought it, the exact same thing. It, it can't be named Dual Shock Five. You can't call it Dual Shock, and you're taking out the Rumble Shock on it for, for the Dual Shock. Could be the HD Shock. Ooh, nah, Shock HD. <laughs> shock HD. Um, yeah, they have to come up with a, with a, I mean the uh, the Xbox One controller is just called the Xbox One controller, right? And then they yeah. have the Elite, right? They don't have a, they don't have a name for it, um, and and they could and they'll probably do away with the name. They they could, um, you know the dual the Dual Shock was a differentiator back with the PS One days when the Dual Shock came out versus the standard controller, uh, and, and of course you know again on the PS Three you got the the six axes that came first. And then it got replaced by DualShock Three. I mean, they, they can just call it the PS Five controller, or yeah, or, that's fine. You know, or the uh, the haptic master master command or something. I don't know, but I don't care. It's a controller. It's a name, but they can't call it DualShock. I mean, you can't. Yeah, it, come on. It would not make sense. Um, so that's pretty cool. They've confirmed that it is a bigger battery. Um, and that is USB-C, of course, uh, for the charging. Uh, Switch is already USB-C. Uh, I think the Xbox, uh, it's the, the revision for the Elite controller is USB-C. I can't remember. I don't, that, yeah, I, I can't even remember. Uh, but I know that you know for, for sure the Switch um, Pro controller is, uh, is USB-C. They're talking about, uh, you know, again, a larger battery for better battery life. Uh, the uh, but the uh, wired writer says that uh, it feels and looks very similar to a DualShock 4, uh, and it is, uh, it is a little bit heavier, uh, maybe because of a denser battery and, you know, the, the haptics and whatnot. So, uh, Joe, what are, what are your thoughts on the controller? Uh, you know, I'm glad you went into detail explaining how all this is supposed to work because that's the one of the big things that to me right away was like going to be the name, right? Like, what do you name something like this? Glad I don't have to worry about it. There's guys <laughs> out there in that Sony marketing field that can think about that for sure. Um, haptic feedback is one of the newer technologies that's being adopted widely um, between most, uh, you know, responsive uh, type of handheld hardware. So it, it just makes sense. And I think it's, it's going to feel differently. You're not going to feel the same way, but it's the future. And so it, it makes sense. But, uh, you know, looking at between that, looking at the triggers, you, you talked about the, the triggers a little bit here, right? No, nope. we yep. talked about them. 
Yep, yeah, we're, we're talking about the haptic feedback on the triggers. Yeah. Yep. So, so on the the way the way we're talking about the triggers here, like the way I look at it in general, like this might be aside from I'm I'm looking at a large overall look at, at from the the console being paired with this with this uh you know new controller. From a hardware standpoint, aside from like the the next gen console, from what we know at least, um, being you know of course cutting edge visually, responsively, um, experientially, right? From that standpoint, of course, it's going into next gen technology. The the heart the the actual um, handheld you know controller might be the most innovative thing that you right away notice. Um, when you're actually playing, depending on the types of games that you play. Um, of course, you're going to notice things are going to be faster. You know, notice things are going to be prettier. But this might be one of the most biggest. They could have played it safe and kept it with the same rumble and the, the dual shocks as before, but they're going into new technology, which makes perfect sense. This might be the most innovative hardware thing, aside from obviously what we know to be um, the experiential stuff that they're doing from a visualization and loading standpoint. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, I don't think it's a risk by any means. Not at all. I'm not saying that I'm just saying it's like they're doing something very different here yep. than, than they've done before. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Nintendo has been known to really experiment with their controllers and, and I've said it on the podcast before. I think the, 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 uh, the switch pro controller is probably my favorite controller of all time. It is so comfortable. Um, the only, you know, the only thing that's missing on it is a headphone port. Man, oh, if yeah. it had a headphone port, it would be absolute perfection. Um, but it is, it is probably, in my opinion, the most comfortable controller I've had, and it's the perfect weight. It feels hefty. Uh, you know, I it's just the 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 buttons have crunch to them. I really like it, man. So. You know, if they do something like like that, but you know, in the shape of a DualShock Four, plus adding the you know the resistance and haptics to the triggers, then yeah, I mean, uh, absolutely, that would be that would be something that's pretty cool. Uh, they also mentioned an improved speaker on it. Yes. Um. So, and and I believe I can't remember if if there's a mention of it on the Wired article, but. Uh, I believe it does have a touchpad uh, because that's, again, part of the PS5 is that they are attempting for it to be 100% compatible, backwards compatible with PS4 games out of the box. I mean, it could potentially be possible. We don't, you know, maybe there'll be like limited backwards compatibility depending on, you know, on publishers, but I don't really see a reason why uh, it shouldn't be, um, uh, uh, you know, backwards compatible out of the box. Send me a picture of uh, uh, of a, a poll that IGN did, which I've seen. I saw the picture before you sent it to me, but I mean, it's like what what PlayStation Five uh, feature are you most excited for? Backwards compatibility is the number one. Are you kidding me? You already have backwards compatibility. You know, why not? Why not the controller? Why not the load times, which is which could be potentially game changing? You know, 
you know, backwards compatibility really is that that's is that what you're looking for in the next gen? Like, <laughs> it's like I'm looking. You know what I'm looking for in my in the next Windows update? Make it like Windows Vista. You know? <laughs> oh no, <clears throat> Windows Vista backwards compatibility. <clears throat> Man, I mean. Hope I can still watch DVDs on that 4K. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's how I interpreted it. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, thank you. That's that's a great analogy, actually. Uh, Jim Ryan uh, was a uh, famously quoted, uh, you know, taking dips at backwards compatibility. I mean, it's he was a PR guy back then, but you know what? I think it's right because. You know how many times during the week I want to play my PS3? Uh, a total of zero. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Maybe once out of the whole year you go, oh, I want to go back to that experience. Well, I mean, the, I, I play do it, it, but that I, you really like pulls you in, you know? Well, I do it with my daughter because, you know, she likes some games that are in there, you know, nice. that, but. I don't like it for I don't do it for myself. For you, like right. if it's for me, I'll go to my PS4. I'll go for the Switch. I'm not gonna go back to the PS3. I mean, I wanna I wanna play MGS4 and and, and Revengeance and Bayonetta, but I don't really feel like it. So, um, yeah, Joe. Uh, based on that, what's your what's your number one uh more one feature? Uh, the number one for, thing for me was the faster load times. Like, just knowing that when I... Because that's... I, I have to be honest. Like, I, I kind of... Maybe I'm like, you know, it's American society, microwave society, right? We want to put the thing in. It's not heating up fast enough. We want it quick, right? So when you, you tell me that you're going to have something that's going to actually speed up my experience, that's that, to me, that's like okay, I'll put my money out for something that's going to work like this, right? So knowing, because I kind of, it's like I give the old man grunts. I'm like, I got this new game. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, but I got to deal with load and set and all this stuff. Install it and download updates. Yeah, and, you know, that's yeah. that's something that I, that's <clears throat> it's not a fun part of the process for me. Oh, the new patch yeah. game. Oh, you know. Well, it's a, hopefully, the- hopefully this, 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 this helps the experience move a little bit more seamless yeah i mean it's like it's the reason why i'm not a pc gamer i don't want to buy yeah i don't want to buy a game and spend 45 minutes finding the best settings for my games you know i don't have unlimited money where i can buy a ten thousand dollar rig and and run everything on ultra and not have to worry about it you know that's why i'm i don't game on pc i don't have time to you know funny go around with settings for you know 45 minutes an hour or whatever and then play uh, I, I want things to, you know, I, that's why I love about the, my PS4. I just put the game disc in or download the game. You know, if there's any updates, you know, whatever, download updates. But I don't have to, once it's done, I just start the game and I don't have to worry about it. Um, and that to, me is a, that to me is a big deal. Uh, convenience, it's, to me, is very important. So, um, yeah. Man, uh, absolutely. I, I think that's the, the number one feature for me is not only the load times, but what can they do with being able to uh, move data that fast where, you know, we're talking about gigabytes per I second. Know. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. crazy. So 
uh, that, what can they do with that to improve the games themselves, right? Um, will things look better? Will things run nicer and bigger worlds? Potentially, you know, again, a, a world is depending on the developer, uh, you know, not necessarily on the hardware. Uh, we saw that with Breath of the Wild. It's, you know, an amazing, amazing, gigantic game. So, uh, you know, I believe is still like the, the biggest open world um, out there. I, don't, I mean, I haven't played GTA V, but, you know, uh, I, I I think that that's very important and I, I just people going back to uh it, this reminds me of the star wars man babies the the the, the backwards compatibility thing it's like what do you want on the new thing i want the old thing on the new thing so that yeah, reminds I, I was, me of that. i was shocked to see it that high i could see it being like a a very highly gratifying 20 percent. you know like it being yeah. in the top three but the number one by that far 42 percent. that's like Wow, I'm surprised for next gen. Okay, y'all are dumb. Yeah, I'm, I'm very surprised. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's a very cool feature. It makes me happy. Like I'm I'm happy with it, but it's not something of like oh it's not a man, system I'm seller. the most excited for. No, most excited for, most yeah. excited for your old <laughs> games you can play right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. Um, man. I, I think I think the poll was done to show sony that there's interest in it and you know because you know that you know ign's the biggest gaming website in the world so you know that people that sony people are looking at their polls and these things right so uh, i think it's more of a hey if we ask for it we'll get it so sure so maybe that's maybe that's the, the the reasoning behind it i i am i am more interesting interested on you know, new tech and, and what can be done with, with this machine that cannot be done with a PS4. So that's what I'm interesting, interested in. Um, yeah, very interesting stuff. Uh, again, I, based on, on what they're saying here, Joel, um, I'm, I'm actually going to cut back my prediction that there's going to be two separate consoles. Okay. I'm going to take a step back on that one. And um and 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 just say that maybe there's gonna be a price a price cut for uh, the uh, standard PS4 and a Pro pretty soon, if not if not this year, right before the holidays, uh, by summer of next year, um, there has to be a price cut because the PS4 because the PS4 Pro is still three uh, four hundred dollars and. This thing's not gonna be four hundred dollars. How I much mean, you thinking? For what? For the for, for both the pro and the standard. How much are you thinking? If you had in mind for a price cut, they're both oh, sta- too different. Standard is gonna be like two hundred with a game, and the pro is gonna be like two fifty or two or okay. three hundred. Okay. I mean, three hundred is pushing it. Like they can they can knock the pro down to three hundred and release this at this one at five hundred, and and I'll probably be fine with that. So, oh, we'll see, man. Uh, start setting up your pennies, kids. <laughs> Come on, little Billy. Yeah, little Billy is going to be really excited next Christmas <laughs> when uh, when he just got his Xbox One X not too long ago, and now he's going to get a PS5. Um, with, but 
on the bright side, Joel, little Billy's aunt's not going to get confused by the name. Nope. One PS5. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm wondering what Microsoft next move is going to be. I think that this this move here potentially... I think that Microsoft already has a date for some sort of press release or something or some announcement. Um, and and Sony was like, "Oh yeah, we we got we got one of those," and they went ahead and stepped on first. Uh, it's very interesting. Um, I I'm kind of liking Sony's new upfront approach on things. Uh, it, it it was sorely missed. Because I know that they, they used to be sort of like this before. It just reminds me of PS2 days where where they were really up front and, um, you know, out there. So we'll see. I'm excited. Um, you know, I'm excited for, you know, games coming out next year. And this year, you know, I'm looking forward to Death Stranding and Final Fantasy VII and The Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima. So uh, I'm excited for all those games. And again, Joel... I don't know if if anyone at Sony is listening to to this, but that's how you get me to buy a, a console day one is to release a Metal Gear game with it. I don't I don't know how things are with Konami, but uh, yeah, I mean it's gonna be very interesting. So uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. You know, yeah. day one for me. No, no, let's see some Metal Gear. <laughs> that's all I gotta say. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, I know that we'll probably get some more, uh, you know, uh, we will for sure get some more news in the future. And when Microsoft announces, uh, their system, we'll do another full breakdown like we did today. But Joel, that is what we got for this episode. If you want to go ahead and wrap it up. Absolutely guys. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to our show here on Nolo time. We want to invite you to stay connected with us. So go ahead and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google play, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Uh, that way you can stay informed when our latest episodes drop. Also make sure to be a follower on our social media at no load time. That's at no load time on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Make sure you're connected on our socials so you can see all the latest stuff. Sometimes we put in a little commentary, especially on our Twitter account. So it's really a great place to stay, uh, stay connected with us. In addition to that, we also invite you to send an email to noloadtime at gmail.com. That's noloadtime at gmail.com. Questions, comments, topics that we discuss, potentially could be discussed or even on the show. We welcome them. Send that email away. With all that being said, guys, thank you again so very much. We look forward to having you on our very next episode. Until next time, we'll see you guys. Thank you, guys. We'll see you again next time.